Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the Cats. For the big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show, we are going to be talking about the SEC race, because uh, Tennessee got a big win tonight. We're also going to be talking about a snub from John Calipari, and I might mention IG models, just maybe. Uh, let's start out, though, Kyle, and this edition of the show is, is brought to you by La Rosa's. We'll tell you more about them in a bit. Let's start out, though, Kyle, with the, I mean, it was pretty much universal kind of scratching the head after the Naismith put out their Coach of the Year semifinalists or whatever the heck their candidates are. Um, and John Calipari, I think there were, what, were there 15 total names? I'll, I'll Fifth, uh, yes, 15 names for National Coach of the Year. And John Calipari wasn't one of them. I'll let you kind of give your thoughts on that, and I'll pull up the names on the list, to kind and we'll go over them in a bit. Well, I mean, the, 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 the simple way to say it, and many people made this point, and I double-checked it, but like of the top 12 teams in the AP poll, 11 of their coaches are on that list. The only one of the top 12 AP coaches not on the list is John Calipari. This is a little bit odd. Like, I, I think this is one of his best coaching jobs at Kentucky. And you could make an argument, depending on how the season ends. I mean, if they go to the Final Four, and certainly if they win the national title, you could make an argument that it's his best coaching job at Kentucky. Um, now, if you weigh it against hype, Maybe not, right? Because they were hyped as the number one or number two team in the country. But if you weigh it against start to finish, a team that lost by 34 on opening night and now is in the mix to be the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament, which, I mean, that can happen. I mean, if they went out, I, I think Kentucky can still be the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. Now you and I slightly, certainly, slightly differ on that. I say it... it Unless Gonzaga falters, it would be given to them. But in the grand scheme of things, that won't matter because Gonzaga will still be out west. Yeah, that may may or may not be true. I mean, I just I think if if they went out, if then at that point one like like what is it right now? Like fifteen of sixteen, and that there's three games, six games left, so that would be like twenty. It would have won twenty one out of twenty two games. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think a four loss Kentucky with the schedule they've played and the number of of top wins they would have at that point versus a two loss Gonzaga is it two or one. I can't remember. Uh, either way. I, I don't know. I, I, I would make Kentucky the overall one. I think if they want out point being, they're going to be, I mean, there's a very good chance. They're going to be a one seed at worst right now. They're going to be a two seed, a team that lost by 34 in the, on opening night and struggled for probably a month to open the season and lost a neutral site game to Seton Hall, and then went on just an unholy tear through uh, the both the SEC and, you know, uh, North Carolina is one of the hottest teams in the country right now, handled North Carolina, won at Louisville. They're, what, 7-1 and one now on the road uh, or away from home since that Seton Hall game. Um, I mean, it's very impressive. They've, you know, he is – 
overseeing the transformation of PJ Washington into a all American level player and SEC player of the year caliber, you know, top two or three contender for SEC player of the year from fringe draft pick at all to potentially lottery pick. I mean, in all, all the boxes you pack on, on coaching, Cal Perry has had a great year. Now, I, I would not make any argument for him to be the national coach of the year. Um, there are just some other guys. I mean, like, like, I'm not saying he should be the favorite or, mm. you know, if they pair this list of five names, that it, he should be on it necessarily. Maybe you could make an argument, but I'm, I'm not making that argument. I'm just saying if you've got a list of 15 dudes, you're telling me John Calipari is not one of the 15 best coaching jobs in the country this year. Um, and especially it just, it, it strikes an odd chord when you point out that 11 of the top 12 teams in the league, in the country have their coach on that list. Yeah. And the guy whose team is what fourth or Kentucky's fourth in the poll right now, I think does so. not. I mean, it's not like he's twelfth. I mean, <laughs> his team's not twelfth. You no, know, Duke is exactly. I mean, now yes, they had an injury, but like Duke is exactly where they started the season. What's Duke was like fourth when the season started? I thought they were second from what I saw for the most. Well, no, Kansas was second. No, Kentucky was second. Kansas was first. Kentucky was second in the AP poll. I think Duke was fourth or fifth. Well. You know, come Monday morning, Duke's going to be fourth or fifth. Yeah, and to your point, uh, that Duke dealt with an injury, but John Calipari wanted to let everybody know that. <laughs> so has Kentucky. <laughs> they dealt with has an not injury. lost a game without their without their very important player. He's not Zion important, but he's very important. Reed yeah. Travis is one of the anchors of their team. Yeah, um, um, Gonzaga lost two games to Tennessee and UNC at UNC neutral site for Tennessee. So their losses are. I mean, I don't. You can't have much better losses. So, but if you're Kentucky. Pick them. But if what if Kentucky sweeps Tennessee? Okay, I mean, we can team. we can have the argument, but I'm just saying what I think the committee would do. That's what my, yeah. uh, I, I uh, would think that though yeah. Gonzaga is enough of a brand that, that that there won't be any kind of mid-major bias against them, even if their conference is down to a certain extent. Uh, rolling through it real quick. Here are the 15 names. Rick Barnes, Tennessee, Chris Beard, Texas Tech, John Beeline, Michigan, Tony Bennett, Virginia, Mark Few, Gonzaga, Tom Izzo, Michigan State, Mike Krzyzewski, Duke, Chris Mack, Louisville, Eric Musselman, Nevada, Nate Oates, Buffalo, Matt Painter, Purdue, Kelvin Sampson, Houston, Roy Williams, North Carolina, Steve Wojnarowski, Marquette, and Mike Young of Wofford. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, like the problem there is you go like, well, like who do you take off the list? And they're all those guys have all done a good job, but like I mean, I take, honestly, I take Musselman off. I don't know. You don't take. Well, what's their record? They've lost one, but they ain't played nobody. You're going off on Gonzaga. Yeah, but he took no. I mean, Mac, Mac uh, Pan, Matt Painter, Tom Izzo. Either yeah, one of maybe those Painter. Not Tom Izzo. I mean, not after this is not a real talented to me. I don't think a super talented Michigan State team. Not after what I saw Saturday. They won at Michigan without two of their Okay, starters. well then take John Beeline out. Right. Maybe, <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe. maybe. No, what, I mean, that's, like, that's I would, a, like, honestly, I would take Chris Mack off that list if we're talking about Calipari as the guy they're putting yeah, in Yeah, that's fine. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's enough names you know on there. Like, like if, you, if, this was a, if this list came out a month ago then and Chris Mack is on it and Cal's not, I get it. But it didn't. It came out today. Yeah, and they and got it. Louisville's a, kind of fading fast. They've lost, you know, head to head. 
you know, Cal handled him in his building. Um, and I get expect like Louisville's working with a lot less talent. They coming out of a dark place, and so there's a, a sentiment for a guy like Chris Mack. And, I, and I'm you know I'm not rivalrying here. Like I just somebody on that list can come off if you're trying to find on a 15 man list for coach of the year candidates. If Cal Perry with at 24 and four. Uh, and three buzzer beating or three last second losses from having won 27 consecutive games since a 34 point beatdown on opening night. Like that's a good, that's a really good coaching job. Yes. Like, you know, it's funny because one of the things that's been on my docket is like, if they keep rolling here as we head into the sec tournament, like to write sort of a column, basically like I, I, about how good of a coaching job is this in Calipari's 10 years at Kentucky relative to those other seasons? And also, like, are we sleeping on John Calipari as SEC Coach of the Year? So it's kind of interesting that that came out today, and he's not even not even under consideration for National Coach of the Year. Um, again, I don't, I don't necessarily think he's the guy to win it, but I think he belongs on that not even short list. Like, it's not even a short list. It's a long list. So, but... For cause I don't know exactly who votes on that. I asked a couple people today who didn't seem to know. Like people are like, "Oh, the media hates." I don't have. I have no idea if media pick that or if it's other coaches and other guys who've won it. Like if they're the voting, I don't know. Um, but whoever it is, like the idea that they're out to get Cal, I don't know because Cal won this award in 2015. So I mean, he he won the Naismith Coach of the Year award three years ago, and he's in the Naismith Hall of Fame. So. Um, I certainly don't think the organization at large has anything against John Calipari, but it was just a, it was just an odd thing, a head scratcher. Yeah, and I don't think James. And it, had, I, oh my God, are you still talking about this, Kyle? How many points do you have to make? Goodness gracious! Well, I was just going to say the, the the fact that we're talking about it just highlights, though, it was an opportunity to highlight something that we really haven't talked about. Like we've talked about the team a lot, but we haven't said like. What kind of coaching job has this been for John Calipari? And it does it did get us talking about it. Yeah, maybe that was the point. Maybe they did John Calipari a favor, and that's what he actually wanted. I was going to say that I don't think James Naismith himself votes on this because he's dead. Um, and I'll wrap it with this. <laughs> he, would, uh, he, he would be offended by the fact that they're not still peach baskets. Yeah, I know. He just hates this game. I'll wrap, we'll finish this topic with this uh, nice summation. And it is a quote from a very smart person. It's saying, not saying he has to be the favorite for it, but some respect, on, put some respect on his name. That is, from, that is from the philosopher Brad Calipari. Coming up next, we're <laughs> going to talk about uh, Tennessee's result from today. Rick Barnes is apparently a Coach of the Year candidate, and uh, he got a win. It was a little controversial. We'll discuss that coming up next. But before that, I do want to tell you guys, about La Rosa has been telling you about them for a while. They're coming to Lexington in May. Uh, they're going to be on Richmond Road right by the skyline. But until then, you can go check out uh, their other locations up in northern Kentucky. The most southern one is in Dry Ridge. I've gone there quite a few times. It's a great spot. They got pizza. They got pasta. They got salads. They got all kinds of stuff. Uh, you can order their whole menu to go. Delivery. Or you can sit in there. Awesome dining room and check it out they're very kid friendly they got a lot going on it's a great spot to have some delicious pizza if you want some more information on them check out their menu check out their locations you can go to larosas.com that's l-a-r-o-s-a-s dot com and if you already know it you can always give them a call 888 larosas 
and you'll get your pizza and it'll be delicious. Check out LaRosa.com. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Should Tennessee have won that game, Kyle? Yeah. Ole Miss, Ole Miss blew it. I don't care much about the call at the end. Ole Miss up one with about 15 seconds to go. Front of a one-and-one, brick one, it. I mean, you got a chance to go up three. Missing the front of the one-and-one one is just, a, just an unforgivable sin in college basketball. It's such a killer. Um, when you see teams miss multiple – the front ends of multiple one-and-ones, uh, it's also why, like, free throw stats – uh, are are, dece- are deceiving sometimes. I mean, you just you're basically missing two free throws in one when you do that, and it's uh, that was bad. And then you you know, with a chance to go up three, you brick it, and you're up one. And Grant Williams runs down the other end, throws in the go ahead bucket, and you run a guy over at half court. And Kermit Davis gets a technical for being mad that it was a charge, uh, and the game is over. Uh, and it stinks for Ole Miss because they look like they had a great crowd there in that beautiful new arena. Not new now, but newer. And my my uh, my sister and her husband were there tonight. They're big Tennessee oh. fans. and They live in Memphis, so they drove over and said the place was rocking. And then I got some, like, we're a little bit scared texts after the game because uh, Ole Miss fans did not take the loss kindly. They were chucking stuff on the court. You know, that's a brutal loss for them because I think they'll probably still get in the NCAA tournament. Uh, but that would have like 100% punched their ticket, um, you know, take you from, you know, bubble team, uh, you know, 9, 10, 11 seed to like firmly in the field and a solid seeding probably. That's a big missed opportunity for Ole Miss, and it leaves a three-way tie at the top of the league, yeah. Tennessee, LSU, and Kentucky. Um, and, you know, I think a loss would have taken a little air out of the balloon for the meeting Saturday in Knoxville. Now it's, you know – Two co-first place teams battling it out in the rematch. Both teams have to win out to win the league and also have LSU lose a game. Which they will. So it kind of keeps – I think so too. I think LSU will lose a game. Uh, kind of keeps the intrigue high. Um, so I like that. But, uh, I mean, Tennessee, man, they've, they've, they have lucked out. Uh, yes. not, not totally luck. I mean, they've certainly done plenty to do to, to, to win these games. But they have had – Certainly had uh, fate on their side in some some what the Vanderbilt game, the LSU game. Uh, they lost the oh, LSU no. game. Oh, they lost the LSU game. I'm an idiot. Forget it. This whole argument is is moot. I sound like a guy who doesn't pay attention now. Forget it. Sometimes you don't. But this game, <laughs> just well, that's two games though. I mean, but, that's but that's two still out of, two out of three. They've had so so they've had three. Crazy sort of finishes, and they've and they've been the beneficiary beneficiary of two of them now. Yes, um, it was interesting. Grant Williams, he had a great. I mean, you know, PJ finally has an off night, and Grant Williams has a huge night. He has, I think, he had twenty one points, six rebounds, four assists, three steals, and two blocks, and hit the game winner. Mm-hmm. And he uh, said right that there. one's for Kyle Tucker. That's right. So certainly puts the heat, you know, the heat back on PJ Washington in that SEC Player of the Year race. And I thought it was interesting in the uh, SEC Network post-game sideline interview, he said, Grant Williams said, we, basically we hope Reed, Reed Travis is back for that game. Yeah, he you did. Know, the we want no excuses, we want to beat him straight up kind of thing. Um, you know, which is I think, I think if you're a Kentucky player and you, you get a chance to rematch with Duke, you don't want Zion hurt. You know, you want to, 
win or lose, you want to go at them full strength. Them have no excuses. You have no excuses, and see if you're good enough. You know, I, I certainly think Tennessee's better than what they showed in Knox or in in Rupp Arena a couple weeks ago. So, um, but I, I I like the fact that we we we're going to get a high stakes game Saturday in Knoxville, and the winner will come out of there still with a very much a chance to win the SEC championship regular season and get the one seed in the league tournament. Yeah. The one thing I'll say about the game is I think the refs were, and I guess Kermit was just on them the whole game, but it seemed like that technical on him for throwing the jacket is, was kind of unnecessary and I didn't necessarily, I didn't completely get it. I mean, obviously it was a heated moment and he yelled something. It wasn't, didn't look like it was directly directed towards them completely but it obviously was intended at them, and I think they could have kind of taken a second, not called that technical, and then not given you know Tennessee the chance to to make the lead even bigger. And then on the last the last last play was also just a complete mess. I mean the Tennessee player gets it going down the sideline, takes like four steps, goes out of bounds kinda, and there was only one second left. So I mean it wouldn't have made a big difference either way if Ole Miss somehow would have got it with like point five left. There's such a minimal chance that they end up winning the game, um, but to not call anything when it was such a clear walk was just kind of a capper on, yeah. as we talked about last night, some bad bad officiating in college basketball. And I don't think it's necessarily like worse this year overall, but it seems like it's been worse in big moments when there's been lots of eyes on it in kind of key games, and this was just the latest example. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, everybody's tuning in to see, you know, even if they weren't watching the whole night. Uh, although, you know, if you care about SEC basketball, it's a good matchup. But if you weren't watching the whole night, you check the box score and go, oh, Tennessee lose. Everybody tunes in, right, at the yeah, end. And yeah. at the end is where it all falls official. I mean, it's just – I think in some ways it's like becomes like, you know, every SEC game is horribly officiated, but it becomes – it starts to feel that way, right? I mean, yeah. it's just like every – It does. Game, I mean, yeah. It's like, what, are you, what is going on here? Yeah. Uh, and the reviews are the reviews. Way, Virginia, uh, Virginia uh, what is it? As the scores are rolling along, one of the other contenders for a one seed, Virginia, won by thirty tonight against Georgia Tech. Cool. Is Paul Hewitt still coaching Georgia Tech? <laughs> good, <laughs> good, good story. Also, freaking Houston is just steamrolling people. Houston won by like thirty-five. Talk. Somebody asked me in our live Q and A the other day on like, the athletic what's a three seed. Yes. What's a three seed Kentucky wouldn't want any part of? And I think when I last looked, like Houston was a projected three seed. That's a team. That's a three seed you don't want to run into. <laughs> well, it wouldn't matter if Kentucky Houston's was a one nasty. seed. So there you go. I did like the theory. That, that is true, but, that, but that, we don't know yet. That some were uh, spouting off yesterday that Kentucky was tanking to get the two in Louisville. That made me giggle. <laughs> but I don't know. Speaking <laughs> yeah, of uh, speaking of the game yesterday. We have one more topic to, to talk about, and then who knows where this will lead us. But there's an IG model that's been making some appearances at UK Games. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. Kyle, did you have any idea who Brittany Renner was before the last couple Kentucky home basketball games? Did not, and still don't. I mean, done more research than me. All I, I did not do I did not do that much research. All I did was Google her, and it I don't says, mean to make you sound like a creep, but I mean, well, and you can't sound like a creep when her the whole purpose of the whole purpose of her is to get people to look at her. So 
in theory, you know, that's not being right. creepy. That's, I guess, I don't know. This is, well, now this sentence that is in my mind and I'm going to have to say out loud is going to sound really creepy. Consuming <laughs> her content is basically looking at her pictures. Yeah, that's really weird. Anyway, uh, she's been at Kentucky Games and it's caused some stirs on social media. Some people are upset about her being at the game. Uh, there's been, I don't, I did not do this research looking into her history, but apparently she's written a kind of some tell all books. She's dated former and current pro athletes, those kind of things. And so some UK fans, as they always do and always have to worry about something, are worrying about her maybe tearing apart the team somehow. I have no idea what's going Praying on. on the Wildcats. I guess, yeah. But I think there's probably also a fear of, like, please don't let one of our players uh, end up on TMZ, you know, sharing nudes in, in the DMs or whatever. You know well, what I mean? Like, like <laughs> I think that's probably one of those things people worry about because it's a modern worry. <laughs> I guess. Um, I mean, also, well, she was connected to Jamal Murray romantically in some way, right? Or, I, I Like I know, said, I didn't... Internet rumors that she was dating Jamal Murray at one point. I didn't do... I Yeah, when you looked at... When you, like, Google that, she that, that's one of the names that pop up, but I didn't look in... See, I'm, I, I'm, I'm afraid, as a, as a happily married man and father of two, of putting in my Google search history <laughs> <laughs> any Instagram models. So uh, just leave all that research to you, uh, Curtis Birch. Well, I mean, listen, sometimes you just got to take one for the team and diving deep into the world of Instagram models is something. Might have to take it to incognito mode in the browser. <laughs> incognito mode. Well, I mean. <laughs> Do some more podcast uh, podcast research. Yeah. I swear this was for work. Um, sir, why is this on your work computer? No, this It's research. It's research. I swear. Listen, no. Um, but I mean, listen, like this whole world to me is relatively interesting. Not her specifically, necessarily. I, I don't know what I don't. The fact that I, there's a whole culture of yes. Instagram models who yes. are literally only famous by like having some random photographer posts very them in pictures of them in various degrees of undress on Instagram. That's a that's that's just a crazy world we live in, man. Like yeah. the we've the fired fire festival doc that's on Netflix where like that whole thing, the only reason it happened is because of these crazy influencers and actual yes. I mean, there were actual models, I guess, technically, but you like know supermodel models. Yeah, yeah but yeah, I mean but. they're a large portion of their following is also through social media now. So this whole kind of the whole dynamic now is is interesting to me in the sense that, you know, like taking it back to Kentucky specifically, Brad Calipari almost after every game now is tweeting out a, a link to his Twitch profile, which yeah. he can't profit off right now. But if he can build a following by the time he's done being a collegiate athlete, that could in theory be a revenue stream for him, which is like, I don't even know. I don't completely, I don't understand watching other people play video games. I mean, I guess. In college and high school, we did it to a certain extent, but we were all in the same room. Right. It wasn't an online right. deal. It's also like, I mean, I think we've all, I, I think in, with our, my, our little circle of people who are around the team have all confessed in one in, at one point or another, like, okay, well, there was this one time I finally clicked because I was curious yes. what Brad Calipari was doing on this forum, and it's the most boring thing ever. Why are there 20,000 people in here with me? Because it's just like, and I'm not saying Brad is boring, but it's just like, uh, sup, dude? Hey, welcome. What's up? What's up? You want to play over here? Okay. And then, like, video of him selecting his player for a video game. It is the most uninteresting thing I've ever seen. Like, But there were, like, 
the, the time I clicked on it, there were like 20,000 people in there yep. watching Brad Calipari and PJ Washington play a video game. And they weren't even playing. They were just toggling through options. Yeah. It's, and it's... Brad Calipari chose a female character that looked like an Instagram model. So we're bringing it all full circle here. Speaking of like the concern of Kentucky fans that this Instagram model is gonna is in some unseemly way going to cause a problem for the team, I will say, anyone who ever followed Duran Lamb on Twitter, <laughs> and then wanted to know who Duran Lamb was following on Twitter, <laughs> knows that there have at least been one Kentucky basketball player in the past who is uh, could be tempted by such people. Those because those, uh, those ladies weren't even Instagram models. No, they were straight-up porn stars. I mean, like, <laughs> like Deron Lamb followed nothing but porn stars. If you, saw, if you went I to thought, who I, is Deron Lamb Hold on, hold on, hold on. All you would see on. was Kardashian-sized buttockses <laughs> and very tiny thongs. Like every profile picture of the accounts that Deron Land was following was just a giant buttocks. Yes, I mean that's, um, that's if you uh, if you want to kind of go through Deron Lamb's catchphrase, you can probably parcel out knowing knowing that fact of what he meant when he was asking who's up. We're gonna leave that now and be done. Who up? Who up? Um. Couple quick notes. One, UK baseball has won their first two games in their new park. Uh, they beat Eastern Kentucky and beat Northern Kentucky today in a comeback when they scored four runs in the bottom of the ninth to get the win. Also, of note that I wanted to let you guys know about, I had a chance to interview new inside linebackers coach John Sumrall on Big Blue Insider um, as we're recording this on Wednesday night. So go check out that podcast if you're interested in that. Just wanted to Is make Is he related this. to Pat Sumrall? I, sh- I did not ask him. God, that's my favorite sports TV voice ever. He did. Um, I love. He, I love Pat Summerall's voice. The highlight of that interview for me was uh, he played at UK. Obviously, most people know that, um, and it was under Rich Brooks. And then he was a great assistant here for two years. So you know, he got like was uh, five or six years under Coach Brooks. And so we talked about Coach Brooks for a bit. And I asked him, "Is he a better golfer, or a better fisher?" And he said that he is a better fisherman. And then, as if Rich Brooks was listening. Like an hour later, he tweets out a picture of a giant fish. <laughs> how, about, how about Rich Brooks's tweet the other day about, uh, what was it, alternating shot format in golf? Yes, Except alternate. He replaced the I with the O with the I in alternating shot format. <laughs> yes, he did. Good old uh, Rich. Sounded, sounded like, uh, like a very gross afternoon. Yes, it did. Um, we'll promise on the next edition of the show, we'll talk about Tennessee some more and maybe a little bit more sports. This last segment got a little bit off the rails, but that's okay. That happens sometimes, and I hope you guys enjoy when it does. Kyle, you don't have anything else to plug at this very moment, do you? I'll just tease that I have a cool story on P.J. Washington and the notion of P.J. as a potentially transformative player for Kentucky, the program. Um, coming. I'm not sure if it's going to publish on Thursday or on Friday. I know I'm going to file it Thursday morning, so we'll see when my bosses want to get it up there. But I, I think it'll be uh, a cool story, and I think it'll be one that is, I would say, probably pretty exciting for most Kentucky fans. Just sort of the 
some of, someone that I talked to for that story and just the, the, the feedback that I got um, about about how P.J. Washington could impact Kentucky moving forward. I think it could be pretty big. Before we end, this was live action happening. There was a, a tweet from Aaron Calipari, and it is in reply to the Coach of the Year stuff. And she says, as promised, here is the second day announcement, the 2019 Calipari family, dad of the year, late season candidates, see who made the cut. That is um, an exact copy and paste from what the Naismith had out earlier. And here's the list, Kyle. <laughs> Al Bundy. <laughs> Frank Reynolds. Red Foreman. Walter Doback. Who's that? I don't know. Okay. I assume these are all TV dads. Yeah, Al Bundy obviously is. Uh, Red Foreman was that 70s show. Uh, Walter Doback, I'm not sure. Clark Griswold, so there's a movie <laughs> one. Um, Homer Simpson. Nice. Peter Griffin. Oh my God, this is great. <laughs> Walter White. <laughs> Walter White, the drug dealer. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Philip Banks. I don't know who that is. I don't either. Um, Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> I mean, Mrs. Doubtfire was a pretty, pretty awesome dad. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that was a heck of a I heck spent of a... months in drag trying to trying to just spend time with his kids. Um, Tony Soprano. <laughs> Mr. Crab. Nope, don't know that one. That's from SpongeBob. Um, was not a SpongeBob kid. Mr. Dinkelberg. I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, it, I don't know. I'm and, and, and tagged in all these is um okay, that's from the fairly odd parents, apparently. Thanks, Google. Um is is Brad and Megan Calipari. So I hope this was a complete family affair between I the believe kids. it was because I know I know Megan or I think Megan suggested uh, Clark Griswold earlier. They yeah. were they were tweeting each other. And finally, uh, um, Donald Trump is also on the list. So there you go. Oh God. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that is the right. Calipari family dad of the year, late season candidates. And that's how we win this oh, edition man. of Locked on Kentucky. Thanks to La Rosa's for sponsoring. Be sure to follow along with Kyle on Twitter. At Kyle Tucker underscore ATH. I'm at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Follow along with the show at Locked on UK. Find us on Facebook. Just search Locked on Kentucky. When you get in your car, Tell your smart speaker, hey, play podcast, Locked on Kentucky, and then boom, we're in your speakers on your way to work, and we will be there until you, until the podcast ends or you get to work, whichever happens first. I don't know everybody's commute. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Please rate, review, subscribe, and most importantly, share this with somebody else who would enjoy You are Locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.